Hi, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, from whenever you're listening this to. I'm Zixuan. It's been a while since I've last recorded my Youth News Juice podcast episode. It's because I was <laughs> doing my A-levels from October to December. Yeah, it was kind of a stressful period, but thankfully I put through, yay! And subsequently, from the month of January to March, I embarked on a law internship under Populous Law Corporation. Shout out to my colleagues there. <laughs> and yeah, it's going to be a week till I'm going to enlist for my national service in the military. So good luck to that. So yeah, this is my period of time where I have um, free time to myself to do whatever I want. So here I am recording another episode. And for today's episode, We'll be talking about... That's right, we'll be talking about inflation today. So, let's set the context and definition of inflation right. So, for the definition, it can be defined that inflation is a general increase in prices and the fall in the purchasing value of money. Did you know that the prices of our goods have increased from 2.4% as compared to last year, 2021. While on paper, 2.4% increase in general price levels might seem meager on paper. In reality, the 2.4% actually massively affects our pricing of goods locally. This is because we are import-reliant country as we require the imports from other nations to sustain our development and consumption. Therefore, inflation is a scary monster which might harm us all. Furthermore, the precipitation of the current war in Ukraine and Russia has further heightened the possibility of the global economy heading to a stagflation. Where this occurs where a stagnant economy still reeling from the COVID-19 pandemic meets high inflation. So, inflation has become one of the 2022's biggest economic stories, not only locally in Singapore, but also in many countries as a confluence of global events is placing upward pressure on prices. As mentioned earlier in January, Singapore's core inflation rose about 2.4% from a year ago, the highest since September 2012, driven by higher prices of food, electricity, and gas. Meanwhile, in the United States, which is the market leader, inflation rate is at its highest in four decades, while CPI, or Consumer Price Index, reaching and high, a high 7.9% year-on-year in February. Inflationary pressures have been building up as economies around the world reel from the COVID-19 pandemic, with demand for goods and services returning to normal even as the world's supply chains have yet to fully recover from pandemic-related disruptions. Furthermore, the war between Russia and Ukraine could not have come at a worse time. Energy prices in particular have risen sharply over the past year and the conflict has pushed prices up even higher, with Singapore fuel pump prices reaching their highest on 
highest level on record in recent weeks. The spike comes as some Western countries such as the United States and Canada have decided to halt imports from Russia, the third world, the world's third largest oil exporter, in response to its military actions in Ukraine. This means that they have to buy their oil from other producers, leading to higher prices. Even as prices increase, the Russian-Ukrainian war, along with its economic and political ramifications, looks set to impede or even derail economic recoveries as countries emerge from the downturns brought about by the COVID-19 pandemic. As these are setting the stage for a perfect storm threatening to blow the world economy off course, according to economists and policymakers alike. They are even talking about the return of stagflation, which is the world which the world has not seen since the 1970s oil shock, which I've learned in my H2 history. Yay. <laughs> I mean, not yay, but cool. Combining economic stagnation and inflation, it is a situation where an economy faces the twin challenges of both slow economic growth and joblessness or unemployment amid rising inflation. At an investment conference last week in Singapore, Senior Minister Thaman Shamagaratnam warned that the risk of stagflation is very real in many parts of the advanced and developing world. Higher for longer inflation is now very likely, and so is slower growth. He said, It complicates what was already an extremely difficult task for central banks, particularly in the advanced world, the task of balancing growth and inflation considerations. But beyond central banks' actions on interest rates, countries also have to address a broader set of shocks, he warned. This time, it's not just oil prices, it's food, it's a range of industrial metals, it's fertilizers and other commodities. The war and sanctions are also further disrupting supply chains that were beginning to recover after the last two years. Calling this an unprecedented situation, he added, we have a plan for a range of scenarios but tilted very much towards the downside. So, you might ask, what happened in the 1970s where stagflation occurred and the global economy was at its worst state? There was a time that many economists believed that it would be impossible for a country to face high inflation rate while grappling with slow economic, with stagnant, I beg your pardon, stagnant economic growth and high unemployment, but that but stagflation became a bitter reality when the oil embargoes in the nineteen seventies stopped economic growth and sent prices upwards. For policymakers, dealing with stagflation is particularly difficult because the tools they use to counter one of the twin problems, high inflation or low growth, usually ends up making the other worse. So as what I would quote from my economics tutor in CJC, Mr. Lin, he gave an anecdote for stagflation. You chop one of the heads off of the dragon, another will appear. He's trying to relate how you can't solve the problem by ending one as another monster, quote-unquote, might emerge. Therefore, stimulating demand and consumption, for example, will only make inflation even worse. But raising interest rates to reduce inflation could hurt growth because it puts the brakes on borrowing and investment. While the causes of stagflation remain a subject of much debate, 
A common theory is that it happens when an economy faces a supply shock. Um, this can be related to COVID-19 when many of the supply chains were affected, such as air and sea routes due to countries locking down. An unexpected event causes an important commodity such as oil to be in short supply or become even more expensive. In such a scenario, prices surge and make production much more costly and less profitable, therefore slowing down economic growth. Stagnation is really a problem of a sustained reduction in the standard of living, said the SUSS economist Walter Teresa. This is worse than a standard recession because you not only have poor or negative growth, but rising prices, so the standard of living drops much faster than in a normal recession. The last time stagflation was, is largely believed to be set off by an oil embargo in October 1973 that caused, several, that caused severe gas shortages around the world. Members of the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, or OPEC, temporarily seized oil shipments from the Middle East to the US and other countries in retaliation for their support of Israel during the 1973 Arab-Israel War. Crude oil prices surged from $3 a barrel in 1970 to $12 by 1974. The soaring price of fuel choked economy output while pushing up the cost of goods and services, causing high wage demands and spiraling inflation. The US ultimately went into a recession, recording five straight quarters of negative growth between 1973 to 74. And unemployment peaked at 9% in May 1975. Inflation, meanwhile, hit double-digit levels in the country in 1974. In Singapore, higher oil prices drove headline inflation to almost 20% in 1973 and around 30% year-on-year in the first half of 1974. The Republic's gross domestic product or GDP growth rate fell from 10.6% in 1973 to 6.1% in 1974. Faced with the prospect of stagflation, MAS, or the Monetary Authority of Singapore, implemented several monetary policies aimed at curbing inflation, including raising bank statutory reserve requirements from 5% to 9%, imposing credit ceilings on banks and finance companies, as well as hiking interest rates by 2% points. By the second half of 1974, Inflation started moderating, and MAS gradually eased monetary policy to support growth. Singapore's economy luckily avoided a recession and managed to grow 4% in 1975, while headline inflation for the year was 2.6%. So, facing the, simulation, facing the similar situation as in 1970, many economists and policymakers worry the goals from 1970 will return. With the Russia and Ukrainian conflict threatening to reshape the, the international economic landscape, professional investors around the world are growing increasingly worried and pessimistic about the outlook for global growth. In the Bank of America's latest Global Fund Manager survey, which canvasses the views of fund managers managing about $1 trillion US trillion in assets every month, 62% of respondents said they forecast stagflation more than double from February's reading of 30%. While Singapore-based economists were not expecting stagflation based on the current economic situation, 
Some of them do note that the increased risk of a, such a situation playing out. Mr. Hartman Issel, UBS Wealth Management's Head of Asia-Pacific Equities and Credit, said that the bank's base case is that there will not be stagflation in the US, I beg your pardon. And given Singapore's economic links to the global economy, the bank also does not think it will happen there, he said. The US Feds or Federal Reserve made it very clear now. They are determined to tackle the potential predicament early on while the US economy is still growing above trend rates, said Mr. Issel, adding that some drivers of inflation in the US are showing early signs of abating. Earlier this week, the US Federal Reserve raised its benchmark interest rate for the first time since 2018 and signaled additional rate hikes that will bring the rate to a range between 1.75% and 2% at the end of the year. Before this, interest rates had been pinned to zero since the start of the COVID-19 pandemic in a bid to cushion the blow of a deep recession. When interest rates are cut, borrowing becomes cheaper. Households become more willing to borrow money to make big purchases and boost spending in the economy. Businesses are also, it also benefit as it encourages them to make large equipment purchases which can further boost output. This, however, leads to inflation, said the US Federal Reserves as they raise interest rates to reduce the demand for spending and therefore the opposite happens. Mr. Issel said, If one assumes the Fed gets the trade-off right, where both inflation and GDP growth speed are moderating in the second half of this year, it is natural to extend this trend to Singapore. For Singapore, the bank is forecasting a 5% GDP growth for 2022 and a 2.8% growth for 2023, along with an inflation peak of around 3.6% this year and 2.3% next year. He noted that while oil, high oil prices have a dampening impact on global economy and its growth, the energy intensity of developed market economies has, came down, has come down dramatically since the 1970s. Back then, Three times the amount of oil was needed to produce one unit of GDP compared to today, he said. Um, still, during a media briefing on the Ministry of Manpower report, officials voiced concern that higher inflation and further supply chain disruptions could have a knock-on impact on the labour market. DBS senior economist Ivan Sear said that even if there is a slowdown in growth from last year and a pickup of inflation in large Singapore, it may not mean that the country is in fact in stagflation. Rather, he sees it as a transient normalization process as the economy reopens from the pandemic. This is especially so as Singapore economy grew 6.1% last year, year on year, in the fourth quarter, which Mr. Sear said is roughly twice the country's potential growth rate, a calculation which economists use to estimate the rate of growth an economy can sustain under normal economic circumstances. He predicts Singapore's potential growth rate to be between 2.5 and 3.5%. That should be used as a reference point, he said. So long as Singapore's economic growth stays within or above that range, then it can be safely assumed that any slowdown is part of the normalization process. But if inflation stays high 
and economic growth dips below potential, then Singapore would be in a stagflationary scenario, he said. I'm not discounting the possibility, he said. There are some preconditions that are gradually emerging and we are not at that stage yet. Meanwhile, the MTI, or Ministry of Trade and Industry, forecasts Singapore's GDP to grow from 3 to 5% in 2022. And that's all for today, guys. Thank you for listening to Youth News Shoes. If you have enjoyed this episode of the podcast series, please feel free to share it on relevant social media websites. And this is Tsushin signing off. Bye-bye.